Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Botox Cosmetic. Out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So... Talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. I have run. I have crawled. I have scaled these city walls. These city walls. Only to be with you. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Oh, there it is. It's the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Hello, listener. Welcome to this, the latest punnet of freshly picked UK Tech Weekly Podcast. The UK's best low-fat weekly tech podcast, neatly sliced into your head every Friday like a stone, remorselessly working its way into your shoe. The UK Tech Weekly Podcast is an infotainment suit of armour from the editors of PC Advisor, Tech World, Macworld UK and Computer World UK. Every Friday, we head off to an audio beach, using audio buckets and audio spades to build audio sandcastles, soon to be destroyed by a cruel and unforgiving audio sea, in order to bring you no more than 40 minutes of informed tech chat on the hot tech topics of the past seven days. Do not forget to subscribe, review, and tell your friends. I'm Matt Egan, Editorial Director of IDG UK, and today I am delighted to be joined in conversation by the town crier of tech... Chris Martin, Consumer Tech Editor of PC Advisor. Hello. The Billy Liar of Tech, Scott Carey, Online Editor of Tech World. Hello. And the Danny Dyer of Tech, <laughs> David Price, <laughs> Acting Editor of Macworld UK. Did I ever tell you I interviewed him? Uh, no, you did not. I no. must have loads of time. Yes, you did. This week <laughs> we are talking No Man's Sky, Emoji and Banking. Aloha! Ain't no other man, it's true. All right? Ain't no other man but you. Chris Martin, what is the deal with No Man's Sky? Do your thang, honey. I wish you'd sung that, but um, No Man's Sky is... <laughs> is that a song? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ain't no other... All right. <laughs> Ain't no other man, it's true. <laughs> Ain't no other man but you. Do your thang, honey. <laughs> it's uh, Christina Aguilera. It is indeed Christina. I don't know about these pop music. Aguilera. The thinking person's Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> what a great... Chris uh, Martin. Tagline. <laughs> no Man's Sky is uh, a brand new game um, which is is now out on PlayStation 4 and uh, as we publish this podcast will be out on PC. Um, there is no Xbox version, sadly. Ha! <laughs> wow, that's not coming. And it's uh, kind of set to be one of the biggest games of the year. Um, it's this huge space exploration game, uh, which is basically limitless. Um, the game makers haven't even been able to explore the whole thing themselves. What? Um, How does that I saw work? the figure 14 quintillion planets. Yeah, the something, other day. made up number. Something yeah, like that, yeah. 
Um, if you if you found one planet every one second, uh, it would take you five hundred billion years to see them. Right. How is that possible? It's just procedurally generated. So it's it's sort of not. They haven't designed it themselves. They've just right. generated algorithms that then produce yeah. a new planet each time somebody discovers a new so planet. So tra- traditionally, you'd make a game and you you'd design the levels of a game and you'd set. You know, there'd be edges where yeah. almost like Truman Show, where you'd you'd get to the edge and. It kind of looks like you might be able to jump over a little barrier, but... Which is, which is actually how real life works, yeah. I'd say. But. <laughs> but it's actually the edge of the level and you can't, yeah. you know, you can jump and yeah. crouch and whatever. As much as you like, you're not going to go any further. In this game, it basically, like David said, it um, generates itself, so you can... That's fascinating. You fly around in your spaceship and you'll find new planets and... But can you sorts. play with other people? So if I generate, yeah. generate a new planet... Does that exist only in my instance of the game? This is one of the big questions. kind of big questions. Um, two players have discovered the same planet, and they have clarified that everybody playing it is in the same universe. Right. But the chances of finding somebody else are next to zero. Right. But two players on Reddit have um, found each other. I love that they always underestimate gamers. That's very unlikely. Of (laughs) course people will put in so much time that they immediately find each other. So you don't, on PlayStation, so it's been out on PlayStation as we talk, not on PC just yet, but on PlayStation you don't need the PlayStation Plus subscription, um, which you would normally need to pay for to play a multiplayer game online with other people, but you don't need that for No Man's Sky because it's not really a multiplayer game. So they're kind of treating it as a single player game but you can find other people wow so these two guys have found it like this realized that they both discovered the same planet and then thought okay let's set up a meet let's meet each other on this planet tried to do it and they were both there at the same time and couldn't see each other so it's a bit kind of confusing it's Um, kind of cool though because it's like parallel universes within the same game but you can... potentially, <laughs> I don't think that's the idea, though. Well, it's yeah. It's... So one, they, it was nighttime for one of them. Be... It was Might daytime be. for one of them. They were they were set. They were seeing the same buildings and the same like things on the planet. Yeah, but couldn't see each other. And if you land on a planet that somebody else has found, like when you discover a planet, you get to name it. If you're the first person, there. what would you call your planet? Willy Land. Graham's <laughs> planet, obviously. Graham's planet. Yeah, that'd be good. David's planet. Uh, so if, if somebody else goes there, then they do see, oh, this is Willy Land, but then they can't find Mr. Willy on the planet. It seems at this We've point... We've all been there. <laughs> but hopefully this is something they could implement in the future. Because it, it's a bit it's a bit lame. If you if you yeah. somehow, defying mathematical probability, manage to find somebody and then you can't see them, it's a bit of a shame. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, but technologically this sounds extraordinary, this idea. Of, I mean, is this the first time anyone's created, and in fact, uh, apart from God... Uh, an infinite universe the great video game designer in the sky well I mean philosophically maybe we are part of a game like that they say that statistically it's more likely that we are than we're not statistically you can prove anything with statistics yes (laughs) I don't think anybody's made a game as big as this but um, there are quite a few sort of procedurally generated games like the game I always bang bang on about FTL is is randomly generated as you go along. It's a very small game, but you explore space, and then when you go to a, a new part of space, and it'll go, or oh, here's a here's a planet, and they wouldn't have known what was going to happen. It would just be generated according to random algorithms. Yeah. So that sort of thing is is very now in game design. Wasn't there a game um, 
an unfortunate name game, RimWorld, um, <laughs> an online game. Check it out. I believe that is... Sounds like, excellent. You, well, it was famously like a huge space game. Mm. Um, but that may, actually maybe these days that's considered pretty small. You know? So this is so relative to things like Grand Theft Auto and stuff, this is just like a whole other level of open world play. Yeah, I think GTA V was massive. Yeah. Like... A many many times bigger than even like the previous GTA. I'm trying but, to remember how they set the even weird... that even that had limits. Yeah, how did they set like, up the weird Truman walls on that? Obviously, obviously be you had the sea, something like the sea, and there'd be but then there'd be a to... bridge to the next part of the game, and there'd be a mysterious roadblock on the bridge. It yeah, because it was LA, wasn't it? So, like yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think how they blocked off the land side. But it was always an interconnected sort of islands, and if yeah. you swim too long, then you die. that's, yeah. that's the usual sort of. Tactic. Yeah. It's really, really lame in games when you go up to the barrier and it just there's just an invisible wall and yeah. it goes, "You are leaving the playing area." <laughs> and it's just, come on, put a bit of thought into it. Yeah. Well, this is interesting again, though, because I suppose with, with games like like GTA, that requires thousands and thousands of hours of development work to create this huge world. Whereas what what is happening in No Man's Sky is, as you say, there are a set, set of rules that are created, but then infinite things. But there does seem happen. to be there does seem to be an overriding story, um, right. and you know we, we don't want to give away what happens, and none of us are, I think, in a position to give away anything anyway. Um, but there, but there is a story, there is a secret, there is something to do with the center of the universe. Yeah, is that the um, aim of the game to get to like coordinate so, zero? But they're being really secretive about mm. it. But, um, but as far as I've seen, there is no storyline and there is no objectives. It's just, just it's just exploration, like Star it's, Trek. I get the feeling oh, yeah. it'll be a bit Matrix esque, where there is like a central mystery, but whether you want to, whether yeah. you can get at it easily, is going to be quite tricky. But there'll basically, I reckon, be like a man in a room at the end <laughs> that will explain why there <laughs> randomly are sentinels on every planet. That like that seems to be the only constant yeah. that there's these like weird like yeah. robots on every planet. So there's definitely some overriding sort of well, there logic be, cause to that otherwise universe. You could, you know rush home in the car, sitting in traffic, in order to sit in a spaceship and fly around yeah, for hours. which is worrying. I do. I this do, is kind of yeah. why I don't, like, I'm not fussed about getting it and playing it. Cause it's like, but you're one of the I'll, world's leading experts I'll, on that. I'll, I know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> It's going to take over your life, though, isn't it? That's the issue. I just, like, yeah, I, Skyrim, I need, like, I objectives. And... constantly. And that was that was an authored world that was had limits, and it was just like one continent. And I spent all the time playing all the subplots in that. I think there's going to be subplots sort of storylines in in No Man's Sky, and you go around, and you just randomly happen across, um, you know, some goblin or something, and he has a mission, and all the rest of it, and you can get stuck in that for just months and months. And this game, it's going to be like better in life, better than life. Yeah. You remember in Red Dwarf? Yeah. It's yeah. going to be like, why would I, you know, if especially if they get a VR version of this? Imagine yeah. that. Just never ever leave yeah. the game through. I think the cool thing about it is that it's a tiny little um, studio in Guildford in mm. England. It's, Hello, so it's Hello, a British yeah, yeah. game, isn't it? It's yeah. an indie developer, but Sony has kind of treat. They said they've treated it like an in-house studio, so they've had a lot of like they've they've picked up on the development and given them a lot of. They've put a lot into it, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, is is quite cool. It's an amazing story um, that yeah. they that they their previous game was Joe Danger, which is like a sort of small budget, awful little, name. little, little racing. Well, it's, it's a good Danger game. Danger should but... be our middle name. <laughs> well, he doesn't. You know, maybe his name is Joe Danger Price. Could be. But, you know, could be. But, <laughs> but that's like a really small scale, really nicely constructed little um, 
racing sort of stunt game. Big, it was a big uh, success on, on iOS. And then they've gone from that to what is basically the biggest game in the world. But, I mean, both in terms of size, but, you know, in also hype. Also in hype, yeah. Yeah, it's just huge. So there is a lot of hype. There has been a lot of interest on the site. What about you guys? Are you, it sounds, David, like you might potentially be tempted to play I haven't. I haven't got a PS4 or a PC. And ha. <laughs> so again, that's not kind. <laughs> Scott is full of schadenfreude today, isn't he? <laughs> he really is. Um, I always, you know, every week I talk about this, I do my gaming on an iPad. And it's never, ever going to come out on the iPad, so mm. I'm sad. Um, and I'm already thinking I might buy uh, the, what's the next Wii U one called? The Wii U. The NX. Things. NX. Uh, I might do that to play uh, the new Zelda, but then that's not going to have no amount of Sky in it. No, no. way, so no. I'm not going to be playing it. I'm just going to have to miss out. Scott? No chance. Like, I bought Metal Gear, the last proper game that I bought, so I play a lot of sports games. I play a lot of sort of FIFA and NFL and stuff like that, but... um the last proper game I bought was Metal Gear Solid and I've played all of about an hour of it Mm. um, and that takes about I think 40 hours to complete so if I can't even complete that then what am I going to do why are you putting the time in Scott come on I know life basically it's definitely not work bad excuse (laughs) (laughs) that was an unfair comment Scott (laughs) accused me of alcoholism last week (laughs) Uh, no, like as as it stands at the moment, it's not it's not my kind of game. Yeah, it's time of life thing as well. Uh, I think. I mean, there was a time completely yeah. different sort of game, but I would play Football Manager for hours. And oh hours. god, if I was a student, I'd be playing yeah. No Man's Sky now. Yeah, yeah. but it, obviously, it's not just young people who play it. But I think you have to have space in your life. To, yeah, space in your life. <laughs> that was a pun. Didn't even Thought mean it. it. Good. If I was retired. Yeah. Well, you may be sooner yeah. than you think. So. <laughs> Not that old. If they so, if they are <laughs> they have already said that they're going to add stuff. So they're adding a they're adding a scan for other players feature, so you can the, to help you find other people yeah, that then are you can't see them. flying around. Or you, apparently, supposedly you will be able to. Okay. Um, and yeah, there's lots of species you can find us. Scott mentioned is an interesting one to end on though. I heard it was I heard it described as the anti Pokemon Go. Because it has an almost infinite amount Ooh, of actual content, but it's antisocial. Right. Pokemon yeah. Go, like, it's such a simple game, but you meet yeah. real people in the real Who world. Who is going to pop Pokemon Go into the No Man's Sky world? That would be amazing. That would get Chris playing. <laughs> yeah. Do we think, just briefly, um, gaming is it's kind of a golden age, isn't it? I mean, it seems like every couple of weeks there is a huge release that's generating loads of hype and excitement. Um, uh, we've got Gamescom... Next yeah, week. the things that, um, the thing about Gamescom that sort of caught my eye is that that Sony released their list of games that they're debuting at Gamescom, and about six of them are VR titles. So I think we're we're finally getting there with VR. But what I feel like we've come a long way from when a launch title used to be like Echo the Dolphin on the like Sega Saturn, <laughs> the Mega Drive. yeah, on the Mega Drive, yeah. or like that weird fireworks game that we had on PlayStation One that I can't remember the name of. Um, and now Rapper the Rapper that was pretty near the start of the yeah that's a great game Rapper the Rapper's a good game yeah, yeah that is a good game and now we've got um, like the launch titles for Playstation VR and things like Arkham Asylum which is like a, a pretty well rounded game um, so I thought that that we've we've come quite a long way there yeah. technology <laughs> all the other media are basically in trouble and, mm. and games just keeps on gaming it's forward. just more accessible and more people are into it and it's less um, I can't think of the word. It's. I I think from an, econo- an economic point of view, you don't show a game to a room full of people. You need your own personal copy usually of a game, 
and it's very difficult to copy a game. And that's the funny. It's it's very difficult to stream or to pirate. Yeah, which is why it seems to be doing well. Whereas music... actually, for the reasons that's always the case, which is there's something unique. Everyone's own experience of playing a game is their own experience, and they're very complex, unique, and the good ones are really well crafted things, and they're hard to steal basically. But also, people are happy to pay for them because they get you know forty hours is quite a good investment in the in the game. So I think we've kind of got the answer to this, but let's go around the room. No Man's Sky or Yes Man's Sky? David Price. Yes Man's Sky. Scott Carey. Yes Man's Sky. Chris Martin. No Man's Sky. Excellent. I don't like to have uh, I thought you guys didn't like it. No, no, I think yes. it's, no, I think it's a wonderful idea. I'm I think totally it's a, a brilliant game. I'm just not going to play it. <laughs> and I haven't got a PC. <laughs> oh, yeah. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> On that bombshell, we'll take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about smart banking. Bank you, India. Bank you, terror. Bank you, disillusionment. Scott Carey, why should we all be excited about smart banking? I feel like, first off, we should <laughs> we should pull the curtain back a little bit here and say that this segment during pre-production was called the boring banking section. <laughs> the so boring banking section. I didn't mean I'm really excited. Look forward, look forward to this section, listener. Um, no, so there was a report that came out from the government today uh, that's been two years in the making um, where they're going to try and bring banking up to date. So the CMA's Open Banking Report? That, that is the name of the, the report, yeah. Um, it, it's lengthy, as government reports tend to be, especially ones that take two years. Um, but the headline is that they're going to, by 2018, put in place something called the Open Banking Programme, which will basically force banks to start sharing data with each other and with consumers a little bit better. So I think the easiest way for me to position this is um, when TfL started releasing all of their data in an open way, it led to things like CityMapper and all of those useful apps now that um, bring together all the different streams of useful transport data so that you can look at different options without having to manually go through all the different uh, possible routes yeah. so it does the work for you so what they're hoping is that now fintech companies or maybe the government themselves will design an app where you could have all of your banking so you could have your current account on there you could have your insurance on there you could have your mortgage on there and you mm. can have an, like a view of all of your finances in a single place what whereas com- competing products i mean so yeah so you could then also start to switch they hope you could switch your bank easier mm-hmm. and also start to maybe have um some uh, like one product with one bank and another product yeah. with a better bank because you're getting a better deal with them and um, you don't have to be as locked in presumably then so like a couple of banks have done this as a service but you know if you have current account that's in overdraft and you have some savings and you have a mortgage and you have a loan and you have a credit card yeah the best place for you to have all of that money is you basically is to pay off your debts as much as possible rather than having savings so what you want is automatically across multiple accounts with multiple different organizations the money to move so that you're paying the least interest yes. basically yeah. um and they want to make that easier and for it to be more transparent so you um they're going to force banks to publish um, their their sort of rates more, so you can see whether you can get a better deal mm-hmm. elsewhere, or whether you're getting a bad deal at your current bank, and encourage switching more, um, so to make it more consumer friendly. And that needs to happen almost algorithmically, I think, because because yeah. human beings are just not going to spend the time 
researching these things. I was, it's funny because I'm in the process of applying for a mortgage and it's such an opaque, weird business. Yeah. And getting to speak to a human is very difficult. And that, I, I was thinking about the, the this report. It does, it does actually... It's what's, what would be good for consumers is more openness, more understanding, you know, but it has to be kind of done by machine learning because what it's going to mean in practice is fewer humans with whom to interact, I think. Yeah. You know, the mortgage broker isn't going to exist. I mean, that's not a, a new idea. No, no, no. It's unlikely they're going to exist. It's not going to be a job for someone to just call around all the different banks and things like that. No, because it, hopefully all that information will be available via APIs and, and you can start to sort of filter them down to, to something that actually suits you um, using technology. Uh, I think the aim here, or companies will definitely start to take advantage of doing things like compare your bank or compare your mortgage. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that we've got to do flights now and hotels and insurance. Um, and credit cards. And credit cards. So, um, broadly speaking, then, it sounds like there's some good in here. What do the banks think about it, do you think? Well, the banks are probably um, quite concerned because they've been uh, able to keep people locked in. Um, People don't switch. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty. Hey, Mikey, if you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget just as soon as... Right. Mikey, popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart, Brian. Very often because it, they make it as difficult as possible. Uh, so they... Um, can hold on to customers quite easily. So I think they're, they're going to now have to embrace technology themselves. They're going to have to do what I think a lot of insurance companies are doing and make banking with them a consumer-friendly mm. proposition. Uh, so good mobile apps, um, no downtime with their, their technology. Uh, they have to be a little bit um, more friendly with their rates and not because um, they're going to have to compete more openly yeah. with, with the others. Does it mean new banks potentially? I mean, that's that's something you've spoken about before. Yeah, I mean, new banks are probably licking their lips at this point because uh, the hardest thing for them to do is to convince people to switch because people are worried um, about the consequences or the potential consequences of going from a big established name with trust to a, to a small enough to, to a fail. Small, yeah, to a small enough to fail bank. Um, but if uh, yeah, th- this will open up the the possibility to switch a lot easier. So if they can. Uh, ensure people or like assure people enough and also then make it easy enough to switch and offer a proposition that is fundamentally more consumer friendly than than what the big banks offer then they've got a good opportunity to try and break into the market a little bit better because it actually you know we talked about this before you talked about this before in order to be a bank in the uk 
it's pretty stringent. You have to pass quite a lot of, you have to have a lot of cash basically. Yeah, they, but they've made it easier mm-hmm. over the, in the last sort of five years. Um, so banks now, if they um, do their paperwork right and have a certain, and have less than five million worth of capital, which you can probably, what? yeah, which you can probably fund. I mean, you you look at the funding of tech companies now mm-hmm. and that, that sort of jump change really. Uh, you can get up and running in 18 months. I think Mondo Bank um, got up and running in 18 months, tandem similar. Uh, Atom took about two years, um, but they were a real early early starter. So, yeah, it's um, it's stringent, and you want it to be stringent, but it's it, the barriers to entry are coming down massively. Wow. So let's widen it up a little bit, uh, David, Chris. Um, you know, what's your experience of banking? Does this, this sound like the sort of thing that will be good for you, do you think? Yeah, it sounds brilliant. I, I'm, an, <clears throat> I'm the... The classic mug. I never switch. I'm still yeah. on the same uh, bank account that I had when I was 18 when I first went to university. Yeah, the classic, too. you know, snare you in with some student offer for about 50 quid and then you stay with them for Here's a nice piece years. of rope. Wrap it around your neck. <laughs> <laughs> but what would work for HMV me HMV is... vouchers. I think it was. Actually. <laughs> was it actually? I, 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 I predated HMV. that. I think it was like a money box. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> the NatWest pigs. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but you know how in, you know when you use Google Maps and you use it and you're following a route and then every now and then it will go uh, alternate route, save six minutes. And all you have to do is click yes. In fact, these days, I think it, uh, it just automatically does yeah, it. Yeah, But um, if there was a, uh, preferably a Google or Apple made app, really, really reputable app that you just put in all your banking details mm-hmm. in and then... You know, once every three weeks or something, it would say, oh, "We recommend that you switch this much money to this account, and it will we it will save you an estimated this much over the next six well, months." I think the smart banks will start doing that actually because yeah. they do employ a lot of developers, um, and yeah, you know, they've got the time and the capital to see this change come in. And but it has know. to be an independent body, doesn't it? Yeah, possibly. That's the yeah. thing it has to be an yeah. umbrella app. Um, that looks at all of them, yeah. and then and then just makes it really simple. Just literally, you have to press OK, and it would and it would say, you know, this is how much money we think you'll save, and it still has our, our Apple seal of approval. It's still a safe bank, so there, click yes, and it does it all for you. And then that way, that's the only way yeah. that I'm ever going to switch. And then you account. need, then you need the card in your wallet to just be able but to he, be but used. Your phone, your phone could that. be the card, couldn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, I've just got a Mondo card which scott mentioned briefly which is kind of a different way of banking so it's at the moment they don't have their full banking license so it's still kind of in beta um so, so it's is a, it a prepaid master it's a prepaid prepaid master card so you 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 don't have a proper bank account you just have an app yeah. on your iphone androids coming in september where you top up the card from your actual bank account and then you can use the card just like any other um but it's like it's all the kind of the app analytics and stuff that's way better than any other banking app that i've seen so as soon as you've done a transaction it'll pop up uh, on the app your balance will change instantly uh it'll break down all your spending into different categories and stuff like that you can like if if you need to if you lose it or whatever you can disable the card yourself you don't need to ring up them and go oh i lost it you know go through what that has so you can do that from mm. the app yourself and it is instantaneous um so which is kind of how it should be isn't it yeah so it's pretty it's all pretty exciting really so there's a convenience side for customers i was wondering about the other side of this scott uh, the other side of open data which is our own data mm. um and again not to talk about myself but this is very current um going for a mortgage application process 
uh, a human being somewhere in the chain misread my wage slip and where it says season ticket loan, presuming that was a student loan, and uh. just blanket denied kind of thing. Yeah. And it's kind of fine because it takes a load of phone calls, but you can get around it. But I was saying to the person I was speaking to, who wasn't even at the bank, it was a mortgage broker, why can't they just, and it's my bank as well, weirdly, it's my actual bank, why can't they just take a credit report? I'll pay for it myself. I'll give them a credit report so they can see all my debts. And it's because because it's just so inconvenient to have to do all this. and, And that, so I'm comfortable with the idea of sharing my financial data with financial institutions. Do we think that's what's going to happen or... Because there's also the other side where people sometimes aren't. They they want yeah. privacy around. So you, they they will. The report makes it very clear that you will have to give permission. Right. So basically, if you want to take advantage of the switching capabilities and having a single app where you can see all your finances, you're going to have to give them permission to access your data and share it around between the different organisations because yeah. that's the only way that they but, can all. But every other aspect of this tells us people will do that. Yeah, I'll, want like, I'll do that. And efficiency, yeah. yeah, you either have to. Yeah, it depends on your your personal preference. But I think the advantages of, of saying yes, basically, to them taking your data um, are there. So you just you just get on with it. And I think people are more and more happy to do that. There obviously will be people that don't like it and they don't have to do it and yeah. they don't have to take advantage of it and they can just stay with their bank like they have for the last three, like three, three, <laughs> four decades. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Cool. This actually. The boring banking segment turned out to be Thrilling. quite interesting. Thrilling. <laughs> Thrilling, yeah, even. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's go around the room. Uh, banks a million or yeah. you absolute banker? <laughs> banks a million. Scott Carey. Banks a million. Banks a million. Oh, consensus. Oh, but I think yeah. it's right. Good. Good job, Scott. Okay, we'll take a very small break, and then when we come back, we'll be talking emoji. Smile. Angry. Smile. Aubergine. <laughs> Smile. Gun. David Price, what has got you all riled up about emoji? You okay, hun? Uh, before we move on to that, did you know that the aubergine is not normally quite as phallic as it is on Apple systems? It's pretty phallic on uh, Android as well. But it's not, yeah. But it's an interesting point because and this relates to what I'm about to talk about, um, the emoji display is, it varies oh, yeah. according to yep. the uh, the company that's uh, running the operating system. And uh, this week, Apple has decided that it's going to display the gun emoji that you mentioned differently. It's going to display it as uh, a water pistol for uh, sort of unofficially political reasons. Um, and this is important because... Um, Apple doesn't actually own the emoji itself, mm. which is... Um, There's a central body, isn't there? It's yeah, the, the, the Unicode emoji. Consortium. Um, oh, I wish they had a better name than that. Unicorn <laughs> Consortium. <laughs> That's the sort of thing that your website would... Uh, you love your, your unicorns, don't you? Yes. Yeah, unfortunately uh, we do, yeah. So it's, it's sort of annoying. I, this in itself hasn't got me particularly rolled up. It's, it's the response of some other people. Um, but they've decided that uh, when you on iOS 10, and this is coming on the fourth beta of iOS 10, uh, when you try and send a gun emoji, then it will display on your phone as uh, a water pistol. And anybody else that's on iOS 10, beta 4 or later, it will also display as a water pistol. But the actual Unicode code is, 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 un, is unchanged. So that will just depend on... So there is a possibility, I'm just going to do this in audio for the listeners, but there is a possibility that you're sending... 
and the uh, receiver is getting... Yeah, this is really important. So the example people give is that you send a playful text to your friend at school and you say, tomorrow afternoon in the park, bring... And then the emoji of a water pistol because you want to have a water pistol. And they get a gun. And they think, you know... And they take it literally, turn up, shoot you. Yeah, tooled up. You're there squirting a water pistol, they're firing lead into your face. That is not a good situation. The same thing could happen with the aubergine, to be fair. (laughs) You could be be going on a date and you could send uh, a nice, you know, aubergine and uh, a a young lady or man, depending on your gender and sexuality, um, could interpret that as a a cookery thing and they could think, we're having... Uh, eggplant and parmesan. Uh, oh, delicious! Yeah, yeah. Because I, I was looking through all the different emoji <laughs> to prepare for this, and it's it, it's amazing how different some of them are. My mm. favourite set is is by a company called Emoji One, who do sort of open source um, emoji that you can license, and they're much better in almost every respect. Um, but yeah, this 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 gun thing is is sort of annoying in a way because. Well, for one thing, Windows used to have a toy gun. It wasn't. Yeah, now, now it's actually quite a fearsome-looking gun. Yeah, um, and they did that specifically for the reasons you say because it was supposed to be standardised. Mm. The Unicode thing, and the whole point of Unicode is to have uh, a cross-platform standard that would always be the same, and that, and that symbols would come up in you know, and people could vary it aesthetically, mm. but the message is supposed to be the same. And what Apple is doing is. Um, as I said, for, for political reasons. What are those political of... reasons? Because it, because Apple likes water pistols. It doesn't like it doesn't like gun violence, right? Which oh, you know maybe is a the sort eye of... pistol is the next big thing. <laughs> 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 the eye pistol, the eye pistol. a connected water pistol. I think this oh, is the next thing after the, after the Apple. I was thinking the eye pistol was some sort of um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, you, meant, you meant something. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I thought you made any innuendo. Do you think Scott pistol? was referring to a part of his anatomy? I thought, I think possibly I did. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, so basically, as a, as a stand against the uh, repeated and horrifying gun violence uh, in, in uh, Apple's home nation of America, then they've, they've, they've sort of set out their, their standard and they said, we, we are pro-gun control. And, and you know, we're, we're talking about this as if it's obvious. Mm. Everybody would be against gun slayings, and everybody is, but not everybody in America is against gun control. Well, and to use your example from before, you know, it might help because, you know, a couple of lads get together and message each other and go, hey, let's go to the school and shoot everybody with our emoji for gun. And... All right, one of them turns up with a gun, but well, the other guy turns up with a water pistol. <laughs> well, this is, that's like Donald Trump's thing, though, isn't it? He says that it's better if there are more people with guns. Right. Because he's, he's saying, well, when the, when the people came to shoot everybody, what if there were other people with guns to shoot back? Wouldn't that be better? <laughs> it only works if the guns get bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> uh, yeah, or if the guns, if they're so good at shooting that they shoot each other's bullets out of the air, and thus nobody gets shot. It's a solution. That's, that's unusual. <laughs> it might not Until be they run out. Solution. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah. I've been I've been thinking about this a bit uh, this week, and um, we used to call this kind of thing gesture politics, uh, and and these days in the sort of Twitter age, the the phrase that gets used is virtue signalling. Um, both of both of which phrases have been applied to things that are actually basically a good thing. I I think the intentions are good. I think, as they'd say, Apple is coming from a place of love here, but it's it's a very um, ill-advised move mm. in my in in my mind. Partly because of the confusion, partly because 
it's not Apple's place to do this. Apple does not own emojis. It's just up to Apple yeah. how it displays that emojis. It's not supposed to Any change. Any modern owns the alphabet, I suppose. Well, exactly. Well, what if it decided to change every A to a B? Or HTML, actually, because, yeah. you know, there was that yeah. time, you and I can both remember a time when uh, there was kind of a push to settle on using the same tags for bold copy on a page or something like that because mm. it was confusing because yeah. people were using different types of code. And emoji has... It, is a centralized thing for exactly that reason so people can use it to communicate and not have that thing of sending what looks like a very straight message from one device and turns out being lewd or yeah angry it can, it can or, genuinely change mm, the you know even in those small ways it can change the tone mm. and this is a huge change and a huge and and as i said politically motivated change i did contact apple uh, there is no official line on this they they have not made a statement about it reflecting anything to do towards gun control but it, it seems like it is almost certainly for that reason. Uh, it would be very strange to do it for any other reason. If it's for that reason, why would they not have a line on it? It's really That's, really that's exactly what I said to them. I said, if it's a political gesture, what's the point of having a political gesture if you don't say it? Is? No. Um, but I, I guess because it's so controversial... But you could do something out. I mean, it's quite subtle, I suppose, but it, it's subtle, but it can lead to confusion. Yeah. Because if it really was that, you could do something like, you know, have a gun, but put a cross through it or something. Well, what they it's still the same thing. They could have it... just hidden it. That's what they do. Right. Is they should have just taken it out of the uh, the keyboard, the mm. iOS keyboard, and then mm. people would be able to still send them if they wanted to by uh, copying and pasting from somebody else's message. And if somebody sent a gun to you, which you'd probably want to know about, it would display as a gun because yeah. that's what it is. Mm. But then it would still discourage people. Because well, the idea is, is that people are getting desensitised. They're getting used to the idea of a gun being a normal object mm. because they see it. It's just in a moment. And an aubergine. And an aubergine, which can be just as uh, harmful to the health if used in the way you have in mind. Uh, but they're still, they're still the... Uh, yeah. they're still the like Lightly frying with some salt yeah. and pepper. But. That can be unhealthy. Uh, there's still, the, still the knife. There's still a sort of sword. There's still a bomb. There's still a cigarette. There's still all the alcoholic drinks. There's still uh, a baseball bat. There are many, many... There's a, a sort of fist punching in the face. There's a face, poo with eyes. There is a poo with eyes. There, you know, there are many unsavoury things in the uh, emoji alphabet. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, in the world as well. It's like, what, are we not allowed to write about guns now? What are they going to start making so that if you write the word G-U-N, then it will change it to flower? <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> it's absurd. I, I, I love Apple's political stances, um, but as one of our colleagues said to me uh, earlier in the week, I said that Apple was was a a left-wing company, but it really is on social issues Mm. and um, making stands, doing symbolic gestures. But when it actually counts, it it really isn't. Um, You know, economically, for example, it's it's an international corporation that employs very low-paid, outsourced um, manufacturing companies and... It's there's sort of a taste in the mouth that Apple is. Um, it's a bit smug, isn't it? It's a bit. Um, it is a bit smug. It's a bit Silicon Valley. It really is. This is only in beta, though. That's what I want to stress. Okay. Um, I hope that when iOS 10 comes out finally, it will have the well, gun. Well, to be fair, back. since they started um, doing public beta, they have made changes that reflect public. Yeah. Kind of the idea, isn't it? I yeah. guess. Yeah, Which is unusual for Apple. It's quite a significant thing that Steve yeah. Steve Cook's brought in. Um, Tim Cook. Tim Cook. Steve Jobs. 
jobs. <laughs> well, I tell you what they should do is that they should um, they should all right. So, so for iOS 10, the final version, they should just hide the gun. That's fine. I, I can see where they're coming from. Hide the gun in the keyboard and then lobby uh, the Unicode consortium to create an emoji for water pistol, and that could be a new thing. Mm. And then encourage other people to follow them. But you can't change a gun into a water pistol because you, you got. Do you guys thing. have strong feelings about this? Uh, I'm just situation. annoyed that the amount of pop-up shops that sell emoji cushions and the fact that you can no longer do the one from MSN Messenger which was a colon and followed by an S. What did that do? Which is like a wavy mouth (laughs) (laughs) What did it signify? Kind of confusion type like thing. There is a lack of a confused emoji and the MSN one used to be very solid. It was very popular Hmm. with me and my friends. It may may well be coming They, 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 there is a, a a regular drip of new emojis, isn't there? Yeah. So. It's quite a subtle facial expression confusion, so it's difficult to put it into emoji form. Just send an emoji. If <laughs> it, in doubt, that's yeah. what we do on Slack. My, my dad uses this one that's like a sort of Richter grin, and obviously on his phone it just looks like a sort of cheeky grin. But actually, its its name is something like angry or something like that. Oh, is so that the way he's like baring his teeth? Yeah. People use that for all sorts of mm. things. I I tend to use that for if something's cringing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... So he'll just use it in general on every message, and it, it, it's just interesting because <laughs> it's yeah, you know, your grandma's died. Green. No, <laughs> that's not the case. Uh, but it um, it it is still the case that those subtle differences, the subtle aesthetic differences can mean the tone of a message changes between different platforms. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, you know, that is slowly but surely being whittled away, but it, it still can be quite amusing. Well, you know, I mentioned Emoji One. What I would most like is for everybody to adopt their, their universal emoji, because A, because they're really good, and B, because then they'll be universal. And their tiger has a little wry sort of sideways smile. He's really cute. Really good tiger. Start a petition. Oh, let's do it. Good, excellent. Okay, well, let's just quickly go around the room. Uh, shot through the heart or the golden shot, David Price. Which one is the bad shot? Shot through the heart. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to have a shot through the heart, <laughs> even with a water pistol. <laughs> but I do like that song. Mm. Uh, shot through, shot through the heart. Scott Carey. Yeah, shot through the heart. Chris Martin. Uh, confused face. Confused face. <laughs> An excellent point on which to end this week's edition of the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Do get in touch, let us know your thoughts and opinions, and to shake us down for cash. Or indeed, if you're interested in advertising, you can tweet us at UK Tech Podcast or email editor at idg.co.uk. We will be back next week with more informed and uninformed opinion on the hottest topics in tech. So until then, find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and all the other places from which you get your noise. Don't forget to subscribe, review us, and tell your friends. Until then, say goodbye, team. Goodbye. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.